Hello, welcome to the Cosmic Eye Show. It is Sunday. Happy Father's Day to all of you fathers and father figures out there. Uh, God bless you for the hard work you're doing, and thank you for uh, my father, grandfathers, and all the uh, all the ancient individuals and ancestors who preceded us. Thank you for your energy and strength uh, in getting us here. So we are here on the Cosmic Eye Show. I have Chris Sheridan on the line. How you doing, Chris? Doing great. It's a nice day and a good day to celebrate. Absolutely. For the fathers, fathers in all of us, um, all the single moms out there who have to do double duty. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I recognize the, the role uh, that a father plays. Uh, sometimes it's, it's other people that, that carry that role. Absolutely. And it's the same type of archetypal energy that you have to embody to really uh, to really be healthy and to really kind of instill that in the next generation, especially in the next generation of young men. And even if it's coming from a single mother or a grandmother figure or an auntie or something like that, it's like she has to kind of dig down and kind of embody some of those father qualities, you know, in that archetypal sense uh, to help those young men sometimes. So, you know, here's to, to everyone who's, who's embodying those, those qualities and um, bringing them forward. And of course, by this father energy, we mean, um, you know, this constructive um, sort of cl clarifying and kind of, um, how else can we put it? I was like a king kind of quality of energy, a sort of commanding kind of an energy and not in a negative sense or destructive sense, but in a very uh, sort of vivifying and life-giving way, like a protective and, um, you know, ordering sort of energy, right? It's sort of energy that gives uh, birth to really to civilization in essence, right? And buildings and science and all of this kind of kind of energy, right? Right. And it doesn't have to be from a biological or identified as a man um, character. You know, again, it's the archetypal energy, like you said, that is uh, more of like the idea or the directive of something you talk about an architect or something like that where the female energy is a little more or the mother energy is you know bringing this thing to life if it's mm -hmm. building a building or a family or yeah situation uh, but it needs to have direction it needs to have a plan yeah exactly a specific plan when you're talking about architecture and a blueprint for a building um and there has to be some of that authority and the rules rules of you know physics i guess involved with with construction, uh, other rules of, um, you know, holding a family down, disciplining the children. Um, a lot of times that's traditionally been in the, the father role, but we all have to do it, regardless of our, you know, moniker or whatever title you have in, in front sure. of your name. Um, it's so, so, well, but, you know, all are important and it's the balance, the true and rightful balance of those energies in the best of both. Because uh, each one can have a dark side, a shadow side, um, but it's taking the best of both and then having those working together in harmony is, is where we really have. And that's kind of the world we live in. Half of it's day, half of it's night. Uh, half of it's visible, half of it's invisible. You know, the breakdown gender-wise as far as babies being born is about 50-50, maybe 51% female um, historically and, and uh, globally. Mm -hmm. So we have this you know, kind of dual nature, uh, it doesn't work when they fight against each other and try to take each other down or out. Uh, it works fantastic when both are working properly and working together. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think there's been, uh, we've talked about this a little bit before on the show and some of our earlier shows, we talked about Robert Johnson uh, and, his, and, the, and the, his book, He, uh, which is an exploration of masculine energy and archetypal energy, uh, especially the father figure and so on. There's been a pretty big emphasis, I think, in the media and kind of in modern culture uh, on the negative aspects of masculine energy and the patriarchy and some of the destructive uh, tendencies of, of, of that form of um, leadership and so on over the years. Um, but I think what 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 we need to do now is, uh, especially especially now, uh, is to kind of recover the positive um, archetypal strength type um, energies associated with the masculine energy. And again, this, like you said, I mean, it it goes it goes beyond gender. But you know, traditionally, 
you know, it was, it, it's, it's a sign to, to man and to masculinity is more sort of active and kind of going out and adventuring out into the world and, you know, hunting and, you know, and, and fighting off enemies and things like that. And, you know, in the ancient world, it, it kind of embodied those qualities where, while the, the, the mother figure uh, tends to be more nurturing and kind of keep, you know, form building and, uh, you know, teaching and raising of, of children, carrying on of traditions and, you know, and civilization and sense of um, cultural, uh, cultural uh, norms and, and artistic uh, productions and things like that. That was all sort of the, the, the mother's responsibility uh, in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, in conjunction again with 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 the with the masculine and the, the father father uh, figure. So so it's a, it's a balance, like you're saying. But you know, for Father's Day, we're going to focus a little bit more on this this masculine energy. That's not necessarily the topic of the show today, uh, but it's going to definitely weave in to our topic, which is which is really building uh, new foundations in life, building new foundations in your life. Um, and so. You know why, why? Why we're wrapping this father energy idea into it is because when we think about, just like Chris was talking, when we think about sort of building, we think about the planning, we think about the measuring, we think about the, you know, the actual, um, you know, architectural sort of ideas and stuff, and all those ideas again, archetypally speaking, fall into that quality of sort of the the the, the father energy or the masculine energy. And again, anyone can do those things. It's just, you know, traditionally, mythologically and archetypally, that's how they've played out in the, in the past. Uh, so, so we're going to talk about building new foundations in life. Uh, we want to thank you for joining us on this Father's Day. Again, happy Father's Day to everyone out there. Um, you know, check us out at CosmicEye.org if you get a chance. We've got a lot of new great things going on there. Check out uh, Chris's channel on YouTube. He does the Manly Hall Society. and He's got some beautiful lectures up there and videos and so on. Uh, that he's put a tremendous amount of work into. Thank you for doing that work, Chris. Um, sure. And listen to those and and subscribe to his channel and 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 interact with him. And if you got questions or whatever, you know you can post them on there. He's very active on there. Um, and you can support us at Anchor.fm/CosmicEye if you would do so. We would greatly appreciate it. Thank you who are doing so. We appreciate you guys. God bless you. All right, building new foundations in life. Let's get into it. Uh, let me hand it over to you for a little while. T talk about, um, if you will, and if you want to start here, uh, the sort of uh, some of the stuff you know you've been thinking about, and maybe how you prepare uh, prepare yourself to build new foundations in life. And what do we mean by that? Is really creating a strong foundation, like Jesus talked about, creating like a, a stone foundation, really for your life. Uh, you know, a, a solid place from to, to build on if you're if you're starting over, if you're starting something new, if you're starting a business some somewhere new in your life, whatever it is, you need this solid foundation in order to find uh, the success and the and the you know the constructive ends that you're looking for. So that's what we're going to talk about today in building new foundations, and of course, you know, related ideas to that. So let me hand it off to you, and you talk about that. Okay. Well, I'll start with. Um, kind of an actual foundation. This would be, say, for building uh, a house or a building or a patio <laughs> or something like that. I'm talking about the foundation on the ground. Uh, and you you brought up Jesus. I think there was the, um, you know, whether you build your house on the shifting sands or do you build your house like Peter did upon a rock. Uh, it has a big dip. If you have shaky foundations, you're going to have a shaky structure and probably an uncertain existence <laughs> living in that structure. So to begin with a foundation, most, uh, at least in the larger buildings, you have to dig down, actually. You might flatten <laughs> the top part of the ground uh, to get it level, but then you would dig down, whether it's for a parking structure or basement. I know out in the West, we have uh, very few basements, um, but there still has to be the foundation of the house. And if it's a bridge, it's where the caissons and the, the pylons go up, um, the cornerstone, the first floor, the slab, they call it, when they just put a concrete uh, pad, uh, I guess, on solid ground, you know, without a basement. Uh, that has to be level. It has to be trued. The ground underneath it has to be solid and strong. And uh, in the case of a large building, a tall building, uh, the higher up you want to build actually the further down you must dig 
um, to you know hit bedrock if you can. Uh, otherwise, just have very very strong uh, foundational anchors, uh, big concrete slabs down there to uh, to secure and stabilize the structure, so it can withstand the elements and and the years of of use that's ahead of a building. Um, so that's if you're starting fresh. <laughs> um, there's an empty plot, or you you know torn everything down and and you're kind of starting over again because when you start from the foundation, it, it's the basis from which other things are being built. Uh, we're putting makeup on. I think foundation is a type of makeup uh, and it's part of the process, but from my understanding, it's the first part. You know, you clean your face or do whatever you need to do, then you put this foundation in, and then you put the blush and the lipstick or whatever people do, uh, but there's a, a basis for it, okay? And that goes first. So think of foundations as being something that uh, is initial, uh, and something that needs to be strong, and it will have an influence, a direct influence on the outcome of how well anything you build upon the foundation will go. Yeah. Start with a poor foundation, you're setting yourself up for, for a poor structure, and its functionality will most certainly be limited. Definitely. If, uh, if we were to port that idea over to the psychological world, uh, you know, to our to our our mental states and stuff like that. Talk a little bit about about that. Like, how that what would that look like for somebody? Uh, well, in that case, we're not so lucky. Um, if you're doing construction or something, it's it may be technically and logistically difficult, uh, but it's not that hard to wrap your head around it. Okay. Yeah. When, uh, and I'm I'm the firm belief that when we come into this world, uh, there's no tabula rosa. There's no um, blank slate here's this child this baby and there's just you know the world is ready to be written upon her face and it's like no they i am a firm believer and i've been around enough uh, children there's one in my house right now uh infant uh they come with personalities they come with things they like things they don't like now it gets developed and it gets influenced in this lifetime but just ask anybody that has two or three kids and they're gonna say every single one of them is different mm. like and, and they have and taught, you know, because obviously genetically and the uh, environment from under which they, they grew up would be identical, would be very much the same, but they're not identical uh, children, not even twins, even if they dress alike, they have different personalities. So we uh, reach a point where we, we want to change some things in our life, we want to change the way we think, change the way we believe, change the way we feel. Um, about things, to get a new perspective, build a new life, a new way of going through life. You need a new foundation. And what I see a lot, uh, especially in pop psychology and self-help, is that, well, if you just change your thoughts, you know, you'll change your life. That is true to a degree, but only to the degree to which the foundation is also changed. If you try to put some new habits some new ideas, try to think new thoughts. Well, I'm gonna to try to do better. Well, I'm gonna be less angry um, during the day. And you try to build that on top of decades of being angry or unprocessed grief or frustration or resentments, um, it's not going to go too well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You have years and years of poor eating habits and exercising habits. Well, I'm just gonna join the gym. Well. That's part of it. And I think there's actually, as far as the weight loss thing goes, I think there's actually a company now or maybe an app or something. And that's one of the things they advertise. They advertise uh, and they're pushing you know, what's behind it. They bring in the psychological aspect. Well, why am I eating at three in the morning? Or yeah. why is it hard to eat healthily? Uh, these habits are built upon a foundation. And when you have habits for a long time, you've actually reinforced that old foundation. So to bring in new ideas, new ways of thinking, we also first must dig up and tear apart and break down the old foundation. Make it, before you bring in these new habits or these new ideas and these new thoughts, have them ready to go. But don't, plan. it's like planting, you know, I have these beautiful seedlings and they're saplings and they're all germinated and sprouted and they're ready to go and I'm going to stick them in the ground. Well, 
if you haven't tilled that soil, if you haven't replenished it, if it hasn't had the nutrients put into it, if it's just old dirt, sandy dirt that has no nutritional or mineral value to it, your plants aren't gonna grow. You have to have this foundation. So psychologically, we have to go in and we have to kind of take a look and tear down, tear apart, and then rebuild. And rebuild with the new habits and the new thoughts and the new attitudes that we want to adopt. Build this foundation with those things in mind. Build the foundation that is geared and suited towards this new way that you're looking for. And it's not easy and it's difficult and it's mucky and it's dirty and it's dark and scary. And, uh, and wow, it can be really frustrating to take a good look at yourself and think, my gosh, have I been doing this for the last 30 years? Uh, uh, but, it, but it's okay uh, because it's well, necessary. And it's freeing too, isn't it? Because you, you're suddenly like being honest that all of a sudden you're like, oh, you know you know what I mean it's like it's like I guess when you know you have that moment of clarity if you know you're an alcoholic or, or you're drug addicted it's like you have that moment of clarity and you realize oh my god what the hell have I done with myself what has my life become you know I'm, I'm an addict and you actually admit that and you look at it and you see it clearly and it's frightening and scary but all of a sudden just owning that gives you uh gives you power to change it and that's where i think that's some of this foundational work is shadow work isn't it where you're getting into the unconscious parts of yourself those those parts of yourself that you don't want to admit are there and so on and you have to acknowledge them and you have to come to some kind of terms with them otherwise you're not going to move forward you're not going to be able to build a strong foundation because it's like you can just like you said you can try to throw these new habits over the top of something and these, these, these sort of shadow elements of yourself, these different parts of yourself will sort of be drilling holes in your foundation from underneath and you don't even understand why, why they're doing it. So that's, that's really part of building that strong foundation too, is that I, I, would, I would almost consider that the excavation you were talking about, wouldn't you? Yeah, that's a great way to put it. It's like your psychic uh, excavation. You have to dig down in the shadow and you may have to pull up some deeply rooted beliefs yeah and ones that maybe you weren't quite aware of especially if they've been under that level of consciousness uh, but just because you can't see it or don't want to see it doesn't mean it's not having a profound effect uh, because you know that's why when people do the right affirmations and they you know try to do this and their resolutions and they pray on it and everything uh but if you're trying to build that on the old foundation, it's just not going to uh, produce the results that you intend. Absolutely. And it's like, uh, again, to get back to Jesus and some of his parables, it would be like the, the, the seed sower, you know, the seed sower that's sowing on, on rocky ground, in essence. You know, you haven't, like you talked about, you haven't prepared the soil. You know, you haven't put in that organ that good organic matter. You haven't put in that mulch. You haven't added all those elements and those natural natural uh, fertilizers and so on to to really you know make that soil healthy and done you know all the things you need to do to you know to clear out the rocks and so on and get you know if there's too much clay in the soil you want to amend that and you know there's all these different things you do to prepare the soil for the seeds you're going to plant and so you know that's part of the work that you do in affirmations especially if it's really deep issues you're trying to work on like you talked about like deep psychological things or you know real difficult issues you know with money or with career or with relationships or you know just you know with sexuality or whatever it might be like really you know deeply ingrained stuff that you know or maybe your lifelong issues that you're kind of wrestling with that shadow work is just, it's paramount. I mean, it just, you've got to do it before you start slapping affirmations on top of it. And, you know, you can use affirmations and visualization and prayer to dig down and do that activation work. You can do dream work and active imagination, you know, watching your dreams and, and writing down those dreams and remembering them and analyzing them and, you know, reading, reading some of the great stuff that Jung wrote about dream work and von Franz wrote about dream work and so forth. And I'll, I'll put those in, uh, in the description of the podcast as well, some sources for that. Uh, but that, that, you know, the dreams really are, you know, the unconscious mind's way of letting us know what's going on in the shadow, because, you know, the unconscious by definition is, is an unknown part of oneself. So it speaks in this 
strange, you know, artistic, weird, uh, you know, psychedelic language of dream, you know, where it just comes up in all these strange circumstances and weird combinations of things and, you know, sort of quote unquote unreal sort of symbolic figures come in and so forth. And, you know, that really is our connection to, to the spirit world in a lot of ways. And so, um, you know, and we're there nearly, you know, 40% of our life or something, you know, or, you know, a little bit less, but, you know, you know, it's almost half our life in general is we're sleeping. You know, we were talking about those opposites. They're sleeping and waking, black and white and light and dark and, you know, all these different opposites that are in balance. So the sleeping world or the spirit world, you know, we're almost, we're there almost half our life. Uh, so, you know, so it's good to to investigate what's going on in that world, not just dismiss it as some sort of nonsensical fantasy life that takes place while I'm asleep. I mean, there is profound, you know, profound information and symbolic relevance to your dreams. Take them seriously and watch them and you will begin to see patterns and see, you know, where the shadow uh, parts of yourself are trying to communicate with you and give you information and trying to create a dialogue with, you, you know, the shadow has a a bad rap because you know it's this place where we shove all these things that we don't accept about ourselves but also as we've talked about many times in different episodes you see episodes on alchemy and stuff the alchemical gold actually is 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 in there and by that we mean that you know that spirit that that philosopher's stone that the self as it were you know the the sort of magical part of you that's connected to the infinite source is is also in that shadow and oftentimes its its message comes through that sort of dark and unclear part of yourself and you know you creating a dialogue with it is what takes you to the next level of consciousness uh, and that's kind of a hard thing to wrap your head around because we get so wrapped up in this idea of you know light and you know and these spiritual messages coming from angels and you know benevolent spirits and you know divinities and so on and that is true but there's also much information down there in the underworld that needs to be heard you know so um foundations let's get back to foundations i got a little bit off there sorry chris um tell me more about foundations and digging up roots and some of those ideas uh yeah well so i have uh an actual project in the in the backyard it's covered in paver bricks uh and this invasive species, I think it's called a trumpet plant, has taken over. It is killing the other trees and bushes. And uh, it was like a big stump, a big, you know, outcropping of this of this hideous plant um, coming through the, the brick. So I tore up some pavers and started pulling on the roots. And then the root system was a lot more elaborate and bigger and stronger than I had any idea it was. And so and ended up pulling up about 200 bricks. Um, and let me tell you, they're a lot more difficult to put back into place than they are to pull out. Uh, and I know that's why, yeah. Um, I can do about 12 bricks a day. So I gotta, you know, if I do work on this every day, I've got a good couple of weeks ahead of me to just put the bricks back. Uh, yeah, it looks a lot easier and a lot more fun than it is. Um, but, you know, it's, what it does is it, it cleans the slate. You know, an artist will put gesso, uh, you know, a white coat, on the canvas, you know, doctors, you know, scientists, chemists, you know, you'll wash your hands and your beakers and your medical equipment so it's clean going. You're not bringing uh, this contamination um, into it. And if I want to do anything in the backyard, you know, in the patio area uh, on the pavers, you know, build something, build a deck or, you know, put some chairs, whatever, um, I can do that much better and much more easily uh, when the foundation. Um, is solid. So sometimes when you pull up, and we'll get to the uh, the psychological aspect of this, um, you see, yeah, it is scary. It is in the shadow, and you lift the hood, and wow, it's a lot of times it's a lot worse than you thought. <laughs> that's the that's kind of the bad news. But the good news is, if you can see it, you can do something about it. If you can't see it, it's working. By, it's working when you're not. You know, they say in uh, addiction recovery um, that while you're slacking your addict that addict part of you is doing push-ups when you're not paying attention to it it's constantly working it's finding a way to come through so you have to be vigilant and you have to stay after it and you know to dig up um you know psychologically 
um, some of these deeply rooted um, aspects or beliefs in ourselves, uh, it can, especially if we based who we are on these things, knowingly or unknowingly, they may be things we know about. Um, one of the ways I think this foundational um, aspect really shows itself is in financial matters. Um, because really, I mean, all kinds of people become successful financially. It's, it really has nothing to do with where you come from or how much education you have, or is it the get the right get rich quick scheme? Is it real estate? Is it Bitcoin? Is it, you know, uh, that seems to be not quite as relevant. What seems to matter the most is that you have that success mentality, which means you can't have this deep seated belief uh, that rich people are evil or greedy or the love of money is the root of all evil. Um, it's the root of, the actual quote is the, the love of money above all else is the root of all evil. It doesn't mean you can't <laughs> love money or, or want to have it to provide for your family or um, do things uh, education wise or uh, service wise. You can help people out. You can help yourself and neighbors. Um, and you can just not be in debt. <laughs> you cannot be a burden. You cannot be in jeopardy. Uh, by having a certain level of finance. But I see so many people, and I know them, who might be doing all the right things, the affirmations, and they're smart people, and they may have a viable product or service that uh, could and has made money for people, uh, but they can't seem to get it off the ground. Or it always, if they get money, it disappears quickly, uh, always on the verge of it, but it just kind of falls through at the last minute every time. It's because they haven't completely worked out a success foundation. Because what will happen is the money will come in if you do the things right, but it'll be vaporized because you have, oh, rich people are greedy. Yeah. Oh, see what the rich do. Even if, if that was something your you know, grandparents said, you know, 30 years ago growing up or something it can get in there and it can stick. And then you turn on the news and you see, you know, these financiers who, you know, take people's money. Sure. There it is again, see what the rich are doing and the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. There's a lot of evidence for that, but you have to, you have to kind of build your own foundation for your yeah. own finance. You don't have to be like Bernie Madoff. You can be like you. Yeah, exactly. Or you can be, you know, you can be like many of these <laughs> benevolent unsung heroes that are out there doing great work with the money they made and aren't aren't famous and you know aren't really caring to be famous or anything but are doing you know they've started foundations and started different you know different groups to help individuals who are less fortunate and, and whatever and they're doing great things with their with their wealth you know building universities building hospitals helping home you know helping homeless people be housed and and so forth so you know it, it really is it, it is built it's about, and we talked about this actually last uh, last week when we did that great Emmett Fox thing, Thou Canst Not Steal. It was all about building the consciousness, building the consciousness. And so that that consciousness is where this foundation comes in. You know, he was talking about consciousness on a different level than just like a mere thought or a hope or a wish. It's like your whole being is changed. And, and I think that's what he was really talking about was building that foundation you know, clearing that garden and then planting those seeds and fertilizing and watering those seeds of prosperity and, and whatever else it is, creativity or, you know, family life or whatever you're trying to build. And, you know, really, really, uh, you know, preparing the ground and building the foundation for, for success in any endeavor that you're, that you're getting yourself into. Um, you know, and, and it's like, just like you said, you can't do that, though, if you're carrying around all of this baggage about what, you know, what wealthy people do or what, you know, these rich financiers or, you know, what rich people uh, do and, you know, how the patriarchy is keeping this person down or that person down or how corporations are evil or whatever it is. And, you know, again, you're going to find evidence of all those things if you look, but you can't let that weigh your vision down. You have to realize that every single person just like yourself is a unique individual and in how they approach spirit, how they approach consciousness and what they do with their money or their wealth, you know, is, is up to them. It's each on an individual basis, no more than you want to be prejudiced against any group or religion or, you know, ethnic group or whatever. You don't want to be prejudiced against 
people who have money. It's, it's, it, it's idiotic. It doesn't make any sense. You know, it's, it's a prejudgment on someone's character and you know nothing about them, but we can carry this stuff around and it, then that chokes out and kills the seeds of our own prosperity because, well, I don't want to be a person like that. You know, I don't want to be a Bernie Madoff. I don't want to be, you know, one of these corporate raiders or something. Of course you don't, but you're not going to do that. That's not, that's not where you're headed. And so, so, you know, you've got to untangle those weeds and tear out those, those roots of, of negative thought and those roots of misinformation and so on to really, uh, to really build that solid foundation. Right. Right. And I, I, a lot of what I hear too, from people is that they, one of the impediments to uh, achieving more financial success is that if they do, then they will now be in a position to be criticized the way they had criticized others. So now their friends are going to look at them and say, oh, it must be nice. Have money. You don't work a hard day. Geez, must be easy. Yeah, you got money. Yeah, you know what it's like to be. You know, maybe some of the things that you spewed out, your criticism uh, towards somebody, sure. uh, unconsciously or not, you know those uh, are potentially going to come your way if you find yourself uh, moving ahead, moving uh beyond your spouse or your friends or your social circle or the, the family uh, of origin, uh, you will be susceptible to that. And then that will be those people and their thing. But if you're afraid of what somebody else is gonna say, oh gosh, I don't want people to think I'm greedy. Oh, I don't want people to, well, the real quick solution to that is then don't have money. And then you take all that out of the equation or you'll get close to it or it'll just seem to be elusive. Because uh, you're really fighting two battles. You know, One is the actual, trying to build wealth or lose weight or have better relationships or whatever it is you're trying to do. Then the other part of this is you're fighting yourself. Yeah. And that's that foundation. That's that spiritual and psychic uh, foundation of beliefs, um, of assumptions. A lot of times we can prejudge something uh, that we haven't really had the experience with. Okay, it, it's really hard being rich. Okay, I don't know that. Um, maybe it is, but I think I would have to give it a try first before I could, you know, make that determination. Um, yeah, exactly. A lot of people would say, oh, money doesn't matter. Really the people that don't have money or the people that do have money. How <laughs> <laughs> money, that doesn't mean anything. That it's, it's not as important as I thought, but sure. you know, they're probably not, you know, struggling month to month or one medical expense away from bankruptcy. Like a lot of people. Oh, exactly. Are. Exactly. And, you know, this is one of those, those cases, too, where, um, you know, like where you can use affirmations rightly done, for example, like, you know, you want to, you know, you want to wrap your head around and get your, get your subconscious in line with the idea that, you know, that money can be a constructive thing, you know, and you can say, you know, something along the lines like, you know, spiritual, you know, money is a, is, is a spiritual energy that flows to me and, and through me and, and through the power of, you know, money properly used, I'm, you know, I'm helping others and building a strong foundation for my family and helping my community, something along these lines. I mean, you can come up with something on your own or, you know, Holmes has some great affirmations. There's some great affirmations from uh, Unity Church and from Emmett Fox and so forth, you know, that, that, that'll help you out with those. But, um, you know, formulate first, and this is that foundational work, formulate the, you know, the faith in yourself and formulate an idea that, um, that you, know, you can use money constructively and positively and spiritually in the world, and then you're gonna eliminate that conflict. That's a way to dig out a, a, you know, one of those poisonous roots uh, if that's holding you back, you know, that's choking out your growth. So you've gotta, you've gotta address those things. You can't just pretend like they don't exist. Or for example, if you've got a, like a, a, a strange idea about money, like something I carried around for a long time that you know, the only way that you can earn money, and this, you know, again, this comes from maybe generations of family ideas or whatever, um, but you know, the idea that money comes through doing work that you don't like. It has to be hard. It has to be di something difficult. It has to be something that's drudgery or something that you don't really like. And that's why you pay, you know, that's why they pay you to do the work because you don't like it. You know, and if you unconsciously pick up an idea like that, I mean, you're screwed from the beginning if you're trying to do something you love, right? 
I mean, how, how can you win with that idea? It's all like all of a sudden I'm trying to do something I love, but then your, your, your subconscious mind is going, well, if you're doing something you love, you obviously can't make money. There's no yeah, logic, you know, right? And th there's no logic to the subconscious mind. You feed ideas into it, and then it just makes that stuff happen. And if you feed false information into it, it'll, it's just like a computer. It'll give you false information out the other side. So, you know, in that sense, it's like you've got to get back and, and, and you know, dig out those sort of, those sort of roots of misunderstanding and, and, um, and false knowledge, quote unquote, and, you know, just these, these foundational ideas that you're carrying around, right? Right. And the easiest way, quickest way, perhaps, to see if you do have to work on that foundational level. Try bringing something in with an affirmation, if it's, you know, weight loss or an attitude change or a new habit, um, you know, with eliminating procrastination or whatever it is you want to change, improve in your life in any aspect, any area. If you try and you try, mm, say, in a reasonable uh, way, you know, give it the dedication and a fair shake <clears throat> that it might take, and you're still having trouble then go in and what you can do is you can actually use affirmations and you can use questions. You can ask, okay, I've tried this, you know, A plus B, and I did not come up with C. So what's going on? Um, is What do I need to know? What do I need to have a different experience with or a different thought about in my life? And if you know the specific thing you're working on, how do I feel about weight? What does that mean? Well, if you if you lose weight and you're you know considered more attractive or something than maybe you thought you were before, well then, geez, you're probably going to enter the dating world uh, again or more. So, and then if you're worried about relationships or somebody leaving you, well then, that might be a reason to not want to get involved <laughs> uh, in the the dating market. And if you know you think for you know people love all body types and everything, I'm not I'm not saying that's a thing, but that's your own perception going in there. Uh, that oh geez, you know what if I find somebody and what if they leave me? Well, one solution is to just not date, you know, and put on the weight as a as a buffer, uh, you know, a barrier, or you know, or be poor or be have that poverty mentality and be broke. Um, so you don't have to face whatever hidden thing. And you may not know what that is. So then ask, what is it that I need to know about money? What is it about my relationship and my beliefs and my history uh, that have put my financial orientation uh, in this way? What do I need to do to think differently about it? I honestly don't think money is the root of all evil. I think I could do great things with money. I doubt I will wind up being like one of these disgraced uh, financial advisors that we hear so much about in the news. Uh, I could probably do good things and still be a good person with money. So then what is it? What, what, what is the underlying, perhaps hidden, unknown shadow element that's at work that's somehow dismantling my best efforts? So what is it that I need to know? How can I view, not just view money differently, view me and money, my relationship to money and having it? Uh, yeah. If that's elusive, ask what it is. Then you'll get a dream, you'll get a notion, you'll pick up a book uh, because you're asking the right questions. Not like, oh, geez, I tried all the affirmations and all the real estate seminars and I'm still broke. I'm even more broke because I have a garage full of Lululemon tights that I can't sell. Or whatever you yeah. you know. Hold um, on, hold on. Do you? <laughs> no, no. But, but I know people who do. Um, okay. You know, I was just gonna say, well, we should make a plug for them on the show. So if you need Lululemon tights, Chris has got a, a heck of a lot of them in his garage. No, I, I don't. But but I, I'm sure I have some equivalent of that. Yeah. Even if it's just building. We all do. We all that, do. You know, we have things we've invested in that haven't really panned out. Absolutely. Then ask what it what it is. What, what do I need to know? How can I look at my relate have a new relationship with money or with relationships or with you know my health, yeah, uh, or body style or things like that. Whatever it is you want to work on, you know, we've been talking about money. 
what do I need to know? Just ask that. That's a great, uh, a great point. And it reminds me of the idea of uh, active imagination. Jung's, uh, Jung's work that, we, that I talked about, touched on earlier, uh, I think. Um, but this idea that you're dialoguing with different parts of yourself. So you could even kind of uh, create a sort of a, an image or a symbol for, you know, your relationship to money. And you could call it, you know, money or uh, my money, you know, part or something of yourself, whatever it is and visualize what that is and, and you know, in, in a sort of deep meditative or kind of, you know, sort of relaxed state with your eyes closed, you can, you know, you can imagine yourself actually dialoguing with this part of yourself. And, you know, oftentimes these, these parts of ourselves will speak back to us and give us information that is surprising. It doesn't seem like it's coming from the ego. It doesn't seem like it's coming from our conscious mind. It seems like it's coming from somewhere else. It's almost like if you write songs or you write scripts or, or you do some creative work, when you get into that flow where you sense the, like these characters and these different ideas or these notes or, you know, these ideas are coming from somewhere else, quote unquote, um, you can kind of get into that flow when you, when you start to get comfortable with active imagination and really talk to these different parts of yourself and make, uh, make some headway. It's really quite remarkable. And I, I've had great, great experiences and a lot of really elucidating sort of active imagination experiences. And I think you've, you've had some as well, right? Well, certainly. And you know, I think what's behind a lot of this, it's not that there's a nefarious part of you that's trying to sabotage your success in whatever it is you're trying to do. A lot of times that voice or that energy is there to protect you or it thinks it is. Mm -hmm. Maybe has been for a long time. Uh, maybe it was a coping mechanism that seemed to work. And it maybe it saved you uh, from great difficulty at an earlier time in your life. Um, if you're worried about what your friends might think of you, uh, if you have more money than they do and you're able to do things that, that they're not able to do now, uh, you become one of the haves and all your buddies are the still the have-nots, um, you might lose your friends or you might be afraid you might lose your friends or then you have to buy, buy them, you know, buy dinner for everybody all the time and then you're the, you know, you're, you're the bankroller. Um, so what happens is that part of you then in an act of love and self-preservation and comfort and saving you from this fear of distress and perhaps discouragement and disappointment um, says, okay, well, geez, let's make sure you don't get this money. Then you don't have to cross that bridge or you don't have to face that thing. So it's, it's a way it's, yes, it's a way of keeping us stuck and it may actually become more damaging at some point. But a lot of these things, if you go dig down deep enough, they were, it was part of a survival uh, mechanism that kept you from this difficult thing. Uh, and a lot of times they're very old, uh, happening when we, we were very young. Uh, so again, with asking this question, what is it I need to know? And you can also put out the message that, you know, I'm in a different place now. Maybe some of these fears um, I've had concerning this area of my life um, maybe they worked for me then, but maybe they're not working now. Uh, it's going to be okay. That part of me who was scared <laughs> to speak up uh, because every time I did, I got smacked at home or whatever it was. Um, that part of you does need to speak up, but tell it that you're in a different place now. We're not going to be harmed. Actually, I need to speak up for the safety of my children. If I don't, they may be at risk. So I need this power. Mm. Uh, speak up yeah but you're censoring yourself and biting your tongue and pursing your lips um probably did help save you at one point now it's hurting you uh so reaffirm and reassure that part of yourself that may be afraid uh that hey it's different now i'm in charge it's a whole new ball game you know we can look at this differently you know, like work together with this part. Don't fight against it. Like, get out of my way. I want to be successful. You poverty, you know, sabotager, you know, let's yeah. go, hey, what is it you need? Why, you know, it's okay now. We're going to yeah. be, we're not going to be this. We're not going to be like that. Um, all these, that's, that's your, your grandmother talking. 
oh, all rich people are going to hell or something. You know what I mean? It's yeah, yeah, exactly. Thinking that consciously, but it's planted in there and it's underneath. It's like these bricks I dug up and finding all these roots under there. It's like, just because you can't see them doesn't mean they're not there. You may think you're in the clear, but if things aren't working out uh, the way they kind of should, if you're doing the right thing, it means there's something else going on underneath it. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. Absolutely. There is a, a great affirmation that I learned that I've, I've used in the past to a great effect uh, from the uh, masterful occultist and tarot, uh, um, tarot pioneer and genius, uh, Mr. Paul Foster Case. Um, you can check out his work at uh, BOTA.org or any of his books online, in, in incredible genius. Uh, he had this great um, affirmation for, uh, for the subconscious, and it goes something like this, and I'm paraphrasing, and he tells you to do the same thing, come up with your own words for it, but it's basically like you say, uh, subconsciousness, you are now free from any misinterpretations or limitations or errors in my self-conscious reasoning that have occurred over the years, and you are now uh, free to let go of those misinterpretations, and from now on, you're only to accept um, affirmations or you're only amenable to suggestions, which are also uh, verified by super consciousness or divine mind. And so, you know, you pass on this information uh, to the subconscious uh, that, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't accept your, your error affirmations in essence. It goes and it sort of weighs them out with what divine mind or what super consciousness would have for you. And sometimes ego can get in our way. And so that's a way of letting subconsciousness know that it can trust in a higher source and it can let go of some of the mistakes and the sort of bad seeds, the sort of weeds and stuff that you planted in the garden of subconsciousness, uh, it can let those go. It can, you know, let some of those die and allow these, uh, these thoughts, superconsciousness and thoughts of your, you know, the higher you uh, to flourish. Uh, so that's, that's something that you can use. Um, any other thoughts about foundation, Chris, or tearing up weeds? Yeah, yeah. Well, you can dig down and find the weeds, uh, pull them out, uh, but then you have to rebuild the foundation. Um, you know, putting the bricks back, so to speak, uh, in the literal sense that I'm doing. And, you know, how is Rome built? Brick by brick. Uh, it may take a long time, <laughs> um, but it's probably better to put a few bricks in properly uh, than it is to kind of just throw them all together and say, okay, we're good. Let's, let's you know, let's rock this thing. Um, you want to take too time, too much time, take forever, um, but to do it carefully and purposefully, put these back, say, I am rebuilding, I am building a foundation, uh, that one that is suitable uh, for me being a great relationship partner so that I may find one, a foundation uh, that clears out uh, my negative feelings and uh, beliefs about money so that I can have a new experience with money. Um, build this foundation um, that your life, your, this new life that you want, or if it's just a small part of your life, uh, build it with that in mind. One that is suitable uh, for these goals or these improvements that you want. And it may mean taking some you know, difficult choices and making them, um, but if you're in line with what it is you want, or you want this new healthier uh, way financially or relationships or anything else or with your body, um, you have to get out of the old mentality and not just rip the old thing because, you know, I'll give an example from nature. Uh, I grew up in a small town uh, that literally a river ran through it um, and, you know, of course they built the town and then all these years later, uh, it would flood every year and it would, you know, flood the hockey rink and the basketball courts, you know, all the stuff that was kind of built on the flat areas uh, near the river. And it was, you know, expensive and frustrating. Well, somebody had the idea, it was a small town, uh, we'll just build a trench and we'll, we'll reroute the river 
around the town and they did, but it, the river kept going back. You know, these foundations, <laughs> these underlying roots, um, they're deceptively strong. You can rip them out and you can reroute and you can do all this stuff and they will want to go back uh, until they are properly trained or that proper foundation. So to make a short story endless, what they ended up doing is this rerouting of the river. It wasn't just a dirt channel that they dug into the ground. They actually had to pave it. They had to put <laughs> concrete. It was like a, now it's like a viaduct or something. You know, it's a, um, but that was the only way they could prevent the river after centuries and thousands of years of going this particular way. Uh, it had to really force the issue, this new foundation for the river uh, to go its way, uh, to go this new way. So build, build a strong foundation. It's not just enough to rip up the old because these old things, nature abhors, abhors a vacuum. Um, you can't just leave the door open. Uh, this stuff will come back if you don't. So shore it up uh, and make sure that it has the, you know, the care and the maintenance that it needs to be the foundation that it needs to be. Great point, great point. And then to kind of wrap it up uh, to, you know, to talk a little bit uh, about, you know, the, the sort of masculine, the father energy, archetypal father energy, the sort of king energy. Uh, that might be needed to do some of this excavation and foundational work. Uh, oftentimes you need that, that spirit of, of the warrior or the king to kind of break through some of these challenges too and to kind of decree uh, new changes and you know, new things happening and to, you know, to measure and order things um, and to kind of work through the different challenges and plan and, and, and see these things through. Again, you know, the feminine energy is important, is equally important, uh, but it's Father's Day. And so we're focusing on, on that, that type of uh, archetypal energy. Uh, so uh, remember, remember that and how that can help build those strong foundations. Um, and with that, I think we're going to wrap it up. Right, Chris? Sounds good. All right. So thank you guys so much for joining us. Happy Father's Day to all fathers and so on. Uh, and happy summer solstice, by the way. I thought it was. Oh, yeah. Hey, exactly. I forgot uh, to say that. Yeah. Happy summer solstice to all. So, uh, you know, and remember too, like if there was an absence of a father figure or a negative experience or so on, that, you know, we're all children of the most high. You know, we're all sons and daughters of the, you know, of the, of the father of lights, as it said in the, uh, in the Gnostic scripture. So uh, that being said, have a wonderful day. Uh, thank you again for joining us. We're at anchor.fm slash cosmic eye. Uh, check out Chris's book, The Spirit in the Sky. That's available on Amazon. Uh, if, uh, if you can worry, you can meditate is my book. And uh, Chris's channel on YouTube again is called uh, The Manly Hall Society. So check that out. Um, and you can donate at anchor.fm slash cosmic eye. Thanks again. Have a great week. Goodbye and God bless. <laughs>